This is the Manga Mavericks Podcast from AllComic.com, episode 62. We are a podcast not only dedicated to talking about manga as a medium, but as an industry. I'm Colton. And I'm Lom Ramayasha, and gosh darn it, it's another news episode! I thought we were done with these! But no! I thought so too. Not another episode where we don't have a topic to talk about, but we only have news. Well, you know what's a topic I can talk about right here on the top of my show? The horrible travesty that is the onset of winter. The first <laughs> snowfall of the day is literally the day we're recording this here in Minnesota. And it breaks my heart. Yesterday, nice 57 degree weather, very sunny outside, great walking weather, beautiful evening sunset, and now, look at this, gray clouds you can't see the blue sky at all white snow-covered rooftops all the greenery uh, being swallowed by white ice it's a travesty it's just horrible folks meanwhile over here in missouri it's getting a little nippy but you know no snow just yet i am envious in good news folks I have not told Colton about it, so it's going to be a surprise. But finally, Wait, I have finished editing the Dragon Ball Super podcast. It's only Whoa. five months late, but I finished <laughs> editing it. I'm in the process of polishing off all the post-production audio fun things that I'm adding to it. But it'll be in your feeds. I just wanted to share that on the top of my show. Give a surprise to Colton and uh, just start off on a fun note. Oh, wow. Okay, so... That's cool. I can't wait to listen to that later. So (laughs) I guess we're accidentally doing some good news and bad news here. That's some good news. The bad news is I now have to own up to the fact that I totally said in the last episode, yeah, you can look forward to our MHA, you know, discussion with Max here or whatever. But I guess we're not doing that because we decided to go with just another news episode this week because the news will probably be long again today long enough to where we don't really want to couple that with our discussion. We're trying our best at shorter episodes this time around, and I think we're going to try and keep up that trend for now. So expect the MHA episode to come out basically after this episode, hopefully. I'm not going to make any promises again, because it seems like every time I do, plans change, and I look like the fool for it. So there's that. Don't worry, folks. You can trust Colton. It won't take him five months to edit a podcast. <laughs> like, I t- <laughs> Um, no, it won't take me that long. No, it'll just, at most, it'd probably take me like a month. Actually, not even that. It's like 90 minutes. I can blast that out, no problem. Mm. Blast that out? That's a weird phrase. Okay, anyway, before I just kind of... Smash it out. That would be Smash it out. (laughs) That sounds even worse somehow. (laughs) Uh, But before I ramble on a bunch of my words again, so I think we should just get on with our news, because I like news episodes where it's like, we have a nice chunk, but I know it won't go like past three hours. That's a nice feeling. Yeah, like not these three-hour-long monumentous tasks that we had back in spring, where it (sighs) took us two recording sessions. To finish talking about all the news we had missed earlier in the year. Oh, I'm exhausted just thinking about it. I never want to do that again, but I'm sure that's going to happen at least once per year. So anyway, I think we should just move on to some serialization news. And uh, our first piece of news is actually Sergeant Frog related, of all things. I feel really nostalgic. I used to watch a lot of Sergeant Frog, like when I was in high school. Same, I mean, middle school for me, but yeah. I keep forgetting you're younger. Filled the void after Bobo Bo left, and then I discovered Sergeant Frog, and it was like, yes, 
it has a parody dub like on the same <laughs> level. So in the November issue of Katakawa's Monthly Shonen Ace, it was announced that Yutaro Shido will be launching a new manga called Cho Kerodo Gunso Usi Kerodo Robo Daikessen, or roughly translated to uh, Super Sergeant Frog Ultra Cool Kerodo Robo's Epic Climactic Battle. It will be launching in the next issue on October 26th. Mine Yoshizaki is credited with the original work, and Bandai Spirits is credited with the collaboration. And this manga in particular apparently commemorates the 20th anniversary of the original Sergeant Frog manga this year, this coming in 2019. Uh, so that's really cool. I really like the key visual here with Kerodo standing in front of his uh, robot. Apparently it's a uh, homage to an iconic poster that Gundam character designer Yoshikazu Yasuhiko drew for the first Mobile Suit Gundam movie trilogy movie, which I thought was kind of cool. Which, you know, if you're a fan of Sergeant Frog, you know, Gundam references aren't exactly abnormal. Yeah, and Yoshizaki is a huge Gundam nerd, and the fact that the anime is done by Bandai means that they can keep all the Gundam references. Unfortunately, there's no word on, like, what this manga will actually be about. I don't know if it'll be just a giant Gundam parody with Sergeant Frog characters, or if this is, like, a alternate universe Sergeant Frog kind of thing. I get the feeling that's what uh, UC in the title actually stands for. Yeah, it's referencing the UC timeline of Gundam. Doesn't UC stand for, like, Universal, Universal Century, Century or something? Yeah, that's what I thought. So, I'm going to assume this will probably just be a parody of the original Mobile Suit Gundam, which, yeah. that'd be kind of cool. Yeah, I wish I could read it, but alas... There has not been new Sergeant Frog volumes released in North America in a long time. Honestly, for the longest time, like, I didn't even know the original Sergeant Frog was still running. Because, like, I never see anyone talk about Sergeant Frog in general, let alone the manga. It had its heyday, but, you know, the anime ended a long time ago, and we don't get the manga, yep. so... That's a shame. Maybe one day we'll get the rest of it, but... I'm not really holding my breath at the moment. But yeah, unfortunately, there's no other information on that. But it's nice to see that Sergeant Frog is still a thing. But I guess now we can move on to the next piece of news. That's right. And fans of Akira Akatsuki are going to be really excited to know that they're coming back with a new series for Jump Square that's going to debut on November 2nd. It's going to be written by Akira Sakai with Akatsuki providing the art. And it's going to be about two boys who have never been able to meet each other, but are going to carve their mark in boxing history. I really <laughs> like Akazuki's art in Medaka Box and Juni Tyson Zodiac War, which coincidentally, the first volume of Juni Tyson has been released this month by Wiz Media. So definitely check that out. It's definitely the best version of that story, in my opinion. And a lot mm. of it has to do with Akatsuki's excellent artwork. And so I'm hoping that we'll eventually get to read this here in the West, and it'll get translated. So, looking forward to seeing how it'll turn out. I thought this artwork looked really familiar. Like, now that you mentioned Madaka Box, like, yeah, everything's starting to click. I still need to get around to Madaka Box. I hear very mixed things about it. I enjoyed what I read of it way back in the day. But of course, it has been a, quite a long time. But it is one of Maxie's favorites. Hmm, interesting. I didn't know that. Now I'll definitely have to check it out. Yeah, I really hope this uh, gets picked up in some capacity. I really wish Viz would pick up more stuff from Jump Square just in general. I mean, you know, they have like Blue Exorcist and um, I think Seraph runs in Jump Square, doesn't it? 
Yes. I mean, they pick up quite a few stuff from Jump Square. Black Torch. So I guess they do pick up a lot of stuff from there. So maybe this will get picked up. I don't know. I'd be interested in reading this. Definitely. Mm-hmm. And next, we've got another returning creator coming up with a new manga in November. And that's Umaru-chan Sankaku Head. Their new manga is going to come out in November, but there's no really further information than that. I think we can expect it to come out in Weekly Young Jumps, and that's when Umaru came out in, but we don't have any confirmation. So we'll be very interesting to see what their follow-up to Umaru-chan will be. But I guess we'll move on from there to some Shonen Jump stuff going to be coming out, or I guess will be out by the time this episode is released. But in the 45th issue of Weekly Shonen Jump, it was revealed that uh, Kazuki Takahashi, who you may know as the creator of a very small cult hit known as Yu-Gi-Oh!, uh, he will be penning a new short manga series called The Comic with the Q, because it's fancy. And that'll be premiering in the 46th issue of Weekly Shonen Jump, which, again, will already be out by the time this episode's out. We don't know much about the series just yet, other than it's basically about a character, rookie manga creator named Genko, and his secret. What secret that is? We don't know. We'll find out when we read it. This will be running in the Viz weekly shonen jump so we will be getting this officially in english which again by the time this episode is out the first chapter of this will already be out i can't wait because i love kazuki takahashi's artwork even though i haven't read much of the original Yu-Gi-Oh manga now that i have all the series that i'm definitely fixing that at some point but i love his work so i'm so excited that he's finally doing like more new stuff and i'm also excited that it's not just more Yu-Gi-Oh, and that we're actually getting it officially in english i really can't wait to read this mm-hmm Here's my guess as to what the secret of Genko is. The secret is that his pencil is actually an ancient Egyptian artifact that contains the soul of a pharaoh. And he can channel that pharaoh's soul into his body using this pencil. And that pharaoh is really great at drawing manga. And so that's how he wins manga drawing contests or meets his deadlines. He has the long-lost millennium item, the millennium pencil. And Yami Yugi's long-lost brother, Yugi 2. Yugi <laughs> 2. Um, sounds legit. But yeah, I think it's safe to say we'll... Or, sorry, attempt to... <laughs> Oh boy. You know, we'll probably mention our thoughts on this at some point on the show when we finally get the chance to read it. But yeah, since it's like a short series, and we might even wait until like maybe it's completely finished. I don't know. We'll play it by ear. I do want to read it and maybe talk a little bit about it on the show when we have the chance. Because again, more stuff from Kazuki Takahashi is not something I thought we would get like anytime soon. Like that's a really nice surprise. But speaking of stuff involving, you know, manga artists and Shonen Jump, uh, apparently in the same issue of Jump in the 45th issue, it was also announced that basically the magazine is going to be launched a series of manga shorts from legendary manga creators that will focus on when those manga creators were rookies. And the first author we're going to be focusing on is uh, Mitsutoshi Shimabukuro, author of Toriko. And his short is going to be entitled Hajime no Mochikomi, roughly translated to First Bring Your Own, which will be launching in the same issue as the comic in the 46th issue. So that'll also be out by the time this episode is out, which I think is um, is kind of interesting. I won't say I'm disappointed, but I'm, I'm a little confused just because I feel like Shimabukuro kind of already had his time in the uh, in the one shot where 
he basically talked about how he met Oda. Well, that was about Oda, not him. Well, that's true. I guess my thing was like, are we going to learn anything new, I guess, about his time as a rookie? But I'm, I'm sure there's probably more to his rise and fame that we probably don't know about. So, you know, I'm still interested in learning more about Shimabukuro, I guess. I guess from there, I'm interested in like who else they'll probably focus on. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see stories from various influential mangaka in Jump history. Now, at the time of this recording, we don't know if this will run in the Viz Shonen Jump. I can't imagine it won't, but unfortunately, we don't really have any confirmation. But yeah, I'm hoping so, because I would like to check this out as well. But that's not all that's coming soon to Shonen Jump fans, because it's time to whoa-oh, 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 shame the new world, because at long last, what we've waited for for two years is finally happening. That's right, the long-awaited return of World Trigger! Cue Annalisa screaming and cheering in the background. It has finally come the day when World Trigger will make its return to Weekly Shonen Jump after nearly two years. And it will resume in Shonen Jump's 48th issue on October 29th. And it will run in Shonen Jump for five issues until the 52nd issue on November 26th. Afterwards, it will move to Jump Square starting with the January 2019 issue on December 4th. And then the manga's 19th compiled volume, the first in 21 months, is going to ship in Japan on December 4th, and we should hopefully get it in a couple months here in the U.S. Oh, finally, we are getting Roll Trigger back. I am so excited about it. It has really been a long time coming. We have missed it dearly. And if you need to catch up on it or refresh yourself on it, because I know that two years is a long time to go from reading a series to just getting back into it, especially in the middle of a battle, like World Trigger will be doing. But luckily, Wiz has put up the entirety of the B-Rank Wars arc online for free to read for the next 10 or so days after the time you're listening to it, they will expire, I would say, around November 1st. So you have until then to read over 80 chapters of World Trigger, over half the series to this point, and the entirety of the current arc we're on, so you'll be all fresh and prepared, and you'll get your memory jogged back up. But if you need an even further refresher of the series and what it's all about, you can also listen to our podcast on it that we did earlier this year, Wit Annalisa the letter of word trigger in Weekly Shonen Jump and our good friend Wensley Dale Cheddar who is the voice of Osamu in Team ODAR's World Triggered a Bird series. And so you can listen to that podcast and our World Trigger Q&A podcast to get some even more background info on the series to help jog your memory. And I'll link those in the description below of this episode. And so I am just so excited for World Trigger's return and hopefully we can talk about it on the show when it does return. Do like a World Trigger catch-up pod or like discuss the first couple new chapters of the run. That'll be a lot of fun, but that's all there is to say about Shonen Jump news, and we ended off strong and easily the most exciting news of the podcast. Although, there's still more of the podcast to go, so we should just continue on forward. But something I'd also like to check out is a sequel 
to Cromarty High School. That's right. There is going to be a spin-off sequel to A.G. Nonaka's Cromarty High School called Cromarty High School Staff Room that is going to launch in Kodansha's Magazine Pocket app on October 27th, drawn by Ino Ichiban. And it's going to be focused on the teachers at Cromarty High School. The huh. third year class B teacher, the great teacher, the evil female teacher. I don't remember any of the teachers in Cromarty High School, so maybe this manga will explain why we never see them around the students. So yeah. that'll be pretty interesting. But I enjoy Cromarty High School a lot, and you know, hopefully this spinoff sequel gets enough traction that we might even get it over here. Yeah, I was going to say, I haven't read more than a, like a volume of the original Cromarty High School, unfortunately. Were teachers ever presented in the original series at all? I cannot remember a single time where we see a teacher. It's always about the students. That seems like a missed opportunity. Like, I feel like that's probably comedy gold right there. I would love to see the teachers that are forced to work at this high school. <laughs> that sounds like a good time. I'd like to read this. Yeah, and this spinoff sequel is going to provide those answers at long last. But moving on from that to some new info about Naoki Urasawa's new manga that we talked about. Uh, a few episodes back that is running in uh, Weekly Big Comic Spirits from Chicago Con. So basically, I think I had mentioned kind of offhand when we first talked about this series that this series was going to be the first of Urasawa's works to be available digitally for the first time, and that it'll be available digitally specifically through the digital version of Weekly Big Comic Spirits, which again is a very big deal because this is the first of his series that have been available digitally, uh, whereas beforehand, you know, Urasawa has said that he's preferred, you know, physical books. So that's probably part of the reason why none of his stuff was available digitally is because he's one of the few veteran manga artists that is sort of against digital, but I'm going to assume he's he's warmed up to the idea because obviously if he hadn't, like, this series would not be available digitally. This series being entitled Asadora, which apparently, because uh, we, we didn't really know anything about the premise of this series when we first talked about it, but Asadora in particular is a story that follows a woman from the post-war period to the present who lives a poor but sturdy life. So it's a uh, interesting little uh, slice of life, somber little story. Period piece, I guess, would be the best thing to call it. So yeah, um, that's really cool that Ursa Sawa's works are, or at least something of his is finally available digitally. I'm hoping that leads the way for maybe more of his past stuff to become available digitally, maybe, possibly. That's all well and good. But when are we going to get Billy Bat over here? Ah, yeah, that's a good point. I feel like that has to come at some point. I'm assuming Urasawa's stuff does pretty well over here, but I don't really know that for sure. Why are you dragging your feet on this, Kadansha USA? Come on! Give us the bat. Maybe they're fighting for digital rights on that as well. You don't know. We don't know. We don't know. That is true. But I think that's about it for serialization news. Yeah, and speaking of licensing, let's talk about licensing news. And we've got a big batch of new titles coming out from Media Doe, who is going to be releasing a bunch of titles digitally. Hmm. And the first chapters of all of the following manga are also available for free as samplers on some platforms including Barnes and Noble, Amazon, Rocket and Kobo, and the likes. And so Media Doe is going to begin releasing the following series digitally, which includes Kamakura Monogatari, which follows mystery writer Masakazu Ishiki and his young bride on their heartwarming life 
in the city of Kamakura, but then they get caught up in a series of mysterious events that require their wits and sleuthing skills to solve. So this is a couple's mystery-solving manga, which sounds really cute and fun. It's got really cute art as well. And mm-hmm. I am interested in it. This story was also chosen as the grand prize winner of the 2015 manga translation battle. Hmm. We've also got coming out Wakakuzake, which is about a 26-year-old woman who loves to eat and has a taste for alcohol and good food. So every night she looks for a good place to enjoy a good meal alone. This got mm. an anime a few years back, and I enjoyed it. It's very charming and chill. Nice to see the manga finally come out over here. Yeah, I definitely want to check out this. Going way back, we've got OL Visual K, which is about a woman who decides to undergo a lot of plastic surgery to attract a guy she likes. And it's a plastic surgery comedy manga. And this was originally run in Weekly Jersey way back in 1999 and went for 20 volumes ending in 2004. So this is going back a bit but hey interesting premise and finally mm. we've got art which was previously available to read on silentmangaedition.com and mm. they previously licensed and were translating chapters but they stopped after the 17th chapter same was true for wakako sake i recall but i read art and i really enjoyed art it's about a uh, girl living in the 16th century italy She's from a noble family, but she wants to become an artist. But, of course, in those times, art was seen as a male profession and women were discouraged from the profession. So she faces a lot of discrimination and hardship, but she finds a mentor willing to take her in and promote her art. And so it's all about her coming into her own in this career and like fighting against like sexism and discrimination and stuff. And, uh, of course, the romantic relationship that forms between her and a mentor because, you know, there's, there's some of that kind of stuff. But it was really charming read. I really liked it. I'm glad that it is finally going to be published in volume form. So hopefully I can pick some of these up and read the series from here and past the point where Silent Manga Edition left off. Mm, yeah, I'm definitely interested in like pretty much all of these actually. Kamakura Monogatari just looks really cute, and plus, I like mystery stuff, so that's a plus. And uh, Wakakosake, I've heard a lot of good things about. I have a lot of friends who are into this show, so I feel like I'm kind of obligated to check that out at some point. OL Visual K seems like it could be pretty interesting, and uh, you know, you obviously have a lot of good things to say about art, so I think this is one of the first times I've seen like a collection of licenses that I want to. I, I actually want to read all of yeah so that's nice to see it's a great batch of licenses they're digital only for now but hey i'm just glad i'll be able to read them mm-hmm, exactly but uh we'll move on to some uh to a little bit of crunchyroll stuff because crunchyroll added a new manga to their manga catalog called lofty flower fall for me from uh, ayano natsume and so the story of the manga is centered around a boy named koto shiraishi who is blessed with intelligence good looks and popularity at his high school all the girls fall in love with him until he meets a woman named kurokawa and now instead of making kurokawa Kawa fall for him, he ends up falling for her, which uh, that sounds like a cute little like romantic comedy kind of thing. Yeah, I like the cover. You got this cool, confident beauty holding this like very nervous, shy guy. 
cute. I can dig it. And now we've also got a cute manga from this media. Because they've licensed Mika Yamamori's Daytime Shooting Star, which they plan to release the first volume of in 2019. It's about a high school girl who moves from the countryside to Tokyo. She gets lost, is helped by her new homeroom teacher, Satsuki Shishio. And then uh, she gets to sit next to a guy in class who hates women and then they become friends. Actually, I don't know if this will be that cute, but it seems like it'll be a uh, rom-com with multiple love interests. Hmm. Uh, And it's a completed series. It ran from 2011 to 2014. It has 12 volumes. This also licensed the Art of Neon Genesis Evangelion 2007-2017 art book, and they're going to release that in 2019. And it features movie art, concept art, collaborations with mobile video games and fashion spreads, which should be a must for any Evangelion fan. So there's a lot of good art that came out of that time period. Mm. Now, if only the original anime would get licensed by somebody. Yeah, I mean, the licensing fee for that must just be so enormous. I'm sure. Yeah, that's a shame. I mean, you know, it's good that they're bringing out something for Evangelion fans, I guess, though. Yeah, whatever we can get, I appreciate But Viz has also licensed some new stuff for Shonen Jump, which... Includes the aforementioned new series by Kazuki Takahashi, the comic, but also a new Ruby manga by Bunta Kinami that should also debut sometime this fall. Now, we don't know what this new Ruby manga will be about, but I do think the art in the cover visual is really striking, and I'm crossing yep. my fingers it'll be more interesting than Shiro Miwa's adaptation. Hopefully, yeah. But if you're a Shonen Jump subscriber, you'll have already been able to read the first chapter of the comic in English, and hopefully we'll have some more news about when the new Ruby series will be coming. But I guess we'll move on to some Kodansha licenses that uh, we got out of New York Comic Con over the past couple of weeks here. Uh, so Kodansha has licensed a few things along with Vertical, which is their uh, subsidiary company, I guess. But uh, as far as Kodansha stuff goes in particular, the first thing we have is uh, Oh Maidens in Your Savage Sea by uh, Mario Kata and now Emoto. And the first volume of that will be coming out next April in 2019. And from the synopsis, it seems to be about basically a, a high school literature club, a mostly girls club, it seems. Basically, they kind of start off getting to know each other with little icebreakers, asking each other questions. And uh, apparently one of the first questions they ask is, what's the one thing you want to do before you die? And, you know, obviously one of the girls just blurts out, sex. I want to have sex before I die. And apparently that just sets off an entire whole thing that basically pushes all of these girls out onto their path to adulthood. So it's essentially, I'm going to assume it's probably a very like somber, like coming of age kind of story. I'm assuming the series will probably be kind of heavy. It doesn't seem like it'll be very light, that's for sure. Well, it says that there's clumsy and funny moments too okay there'll be some levity in there so that's nice it sounds like it could be interesting i think if the subject material is handled right i feel like this is the kind of thing that could go pretty wrong pretty fast but that's just me personally speaking and then the next series that kadancha has licensed 
is called Magus of the Library, which is coming out July 2019 and is apparently an Arabian Nights inspired fantasy story about a little uh, elf boy who's mocked by his entire village for how sharp his ears look, I guess. His only solace is uh, basically sneaking into the small branch library, you know, just to get away from the town and read. And then one day he meets the librarian at the magical central library who will sweep him away into a new world of knowledge and adventures. So, you know, this sounds like it could be uh, a nice little uh, story, you know, maybe encourages more people to read, even though they're already reading. (laughs) It's by the creator of Seventh Garden, which has been on hiatus in Jones Square for a long time. Probably will never come back because he's broke ties with Croatia, apparently. But I'm Mm, interested in reading more of the creator's works. Yeah, that actually does sound pretty interesting. But as far as Vertical goes, they have licensed a few things as well. The first being Kaori Ozaki's The Golden Sheep, which, uh, you know, is basically about a girl who is separated from her friends when she moves away. But after a few years, she comes back to that same place and she's happy to be reunited with her friends. Uh, She believes that her friends hadn't changed, but unfortunately, as it turns out, that's seems to be the opposite of the case. So probably another story about growing up and possibly having to deal with moving away from uh, from your past connections and stuff. That'll probably hit home for a lot of people. This sounds like what the sequel to FLCL Alternative would be if Kana didn't learn her lesson in the last episode. Hmm. But then next up we have Don't Mess With Me Nagataro from uh, Nanashi story for this one's pretty simple. This'll be coming out in uh, November 2019. I guess I also forgot to mention that uh, The Golden Sheep will be coming out in September 2019. Also by the same creator who did Immortal Rain. Mm. But going back to uh, Nagataro, it's, it's essentially about this high school girl who's always messing with her senpai just to basically rile him up. And we don't know if her motivation is just to make his life miserable or maybe she secretly likes him. So it's one of those cute little things, I guess. <laughs> Isn't this kind of like Tagaki-san? Yeah, now that you say that, yeah, it sounds pretty similar. (laughs) Uh, Maybe Takagi-san was just that popular enough that now it's going to create clones. Wow, it's a whole (laughs) subgenre. But Vertical apparently is also releasing the original Voices of a Distant Star novel, Voices of a Distant Star. You know, it has its own manga and also has its own OVA, I believe directed by Makoto Shinkai, if I remember correctly. The original novel from Kano, apparently according to Vertical, fills in a lot of the gaps and answers many questions from both the manga and the original OVA. So seems to be a more complete story, I guess, which is interesting. I wouldn't mind giving this a chance. I haven't read the manga for it. I'd like to maybe check it out eventually. I did enjoy the original like OVA. As someone who isn't super into Makoto Shinkai's works in particular, I feel like a lot of his stuff is sort of the same, but that's just me personally. <laughs> he has a very particular style. If you watch a lot of his stuff like in a row, like it just kind of blends together for me anyway. But yeah, as, as someone who's not like super into Shinkai, you know, I really enjoyed Voices of a Distant Star. It's probably my favorite of the works I've seen from him. More than your name? I liked your name, and I'll give your name credit. It surprised me more than I thought it would, but like, I wasn't as in love with it as everyone else was, unfortunately. I just thought it was good. I didn't really like love it. But yeah, I don't know. Like, Voices of a Distant Star, I think, appealed more to me because I felt the connection in that to be more a little more believable. 
And I just thought the premise itself was just so sad. Like, you, you want to talk to this person that you love, but, like, her text messages that she kept sending just, like, got longer and longer or took longer to send, like, the more time she spent out in space or something. I don't know. Just something about that is just really sad to me. It just resonated with me personally, I guess. But my point is that I really like Voices of a Distant Star, and if I had the chance, like, I would love to either read the original manga or the novel. Like, I would like to read both. Yeah. Um, but... That about does it for some uh, Kodansha stuff, and I guess we'll just move on to some Dark Horse stuff. That's right, Dark Horse is releasing yet another one of Gotenabe's HP Lovecare adaptations. This time they're releasing At the Mountains of Madness, and this is going to be released in two double-sized volumes featuring more than 300 pages each. Each of these volumes will retail for about $20. The English release is going to retain the metallic gold motif for the cover and the silver tip-in sheets. They're going to debut in the market on June 12th, 2019, and they will be translated by Zach Davison, translator extraordinaire. Mm. That's about all there is to say about this, I would say, so I think we could move on to industry news. And we have some really good news to start off with, because it seems Izumi Matsumoto, creator of Kimigore Orange Road, has become healthy again, enough that he is planning to resume work activities after more than two years of fighting against his illness. And so mm. he is also going to start posting on his blog again. And so it seems like things are going well for him. He's recovered from his cerebrospinal fluid hypovolemia and the treatments have gone well. So hopefully he'll be nice and healthy for a long time and yeah, I'm just glad to see that he's recovered. Mm, it's always nice to see uh, the manga creator actually recover from his illness. More power to him. But now let's talk about some convention news. And we've got a lot of cool guests coming to conventions. Yeah, and so I think we're going to first start off with some news about Yomacon, which will be held from uh, November 1st to the 4th. And we have two guests coming to Yomacon, the first of which being uh, Shuji Murayama, who has worked as a key animator and animation director in many anime projects, uh, most recently in Hanebado from the last summer season. He also has credits as far as other series go, like Macross Frontier, Eden of the East, Luck and Logic, as well as uh, Yu-Gi-Oh! and Bleach as well. So he's worked on a few really popular titles as well, or I guess really, really well known, I should say. So that'll be really cool. The person I'm kind of interested in in particular is uh, Hiroshi Shibashi, who you may know as the author of Nura, Rise of the Yokai Clan, and other stuff such as uh, Illegal Rare and Tsukumogami. So that's really interesting. I haven't read a lot of Nura in particular. I haven't really read a lot of his stuff, but like from the little I've seen, like I really like his art. It's nice to see that he gets a chance to come over and visit his uh, his Western fans. But Yomacon in particular will be held at the Kobo Center and the Renaissance Center in Detroit. Again, that's from uh, November 1st to the 4th this year. So if you want to see either of these guys, definitely start getting your tickets. And also definitely get your tickets to Anime NYC if you want to check out the cool guests coming there, courtesy of manga publisher Denpa, who is bringing over illustrator Hiroyuki Asada and Ranj Murata as guests of the convention. And both of these artists will appear at panels and have autograph signings during the event. Hiroyuki Asada is best known for the Hades manga that ran in Monkey Shun Jump in 1986, alongside other series like 
Isle, Generation Basket, and Hez, but of course, probably best known for Tagami Bachi Letter B, which was licensed and released by Wiz Media. Hmm. And uh, we've also got Murata, who is an illustrator on a lot of games and anime, including Groove on Fight, Power Instincts, Spy Fiction, Wash and Roll there. And in terms of anime, he's associated with many Gonzo series, including Blue Sub Number 6, Last Excel, So Ray, and Shangri-La. And he also illustrated the Attack on Titan, The Harsh Mistress of the City novels by Ryo Kawakami. So these are some really cool guests. I will be at Anime NYC along with V-Lord and Bomber. And hopefully I'll get a chance to attend panels with these folks, and it'll be interesting. Mm, sounds fun. And finally, wrapping up our industry news, we've got some great news out of the Harvey Awards as the winner of the first ever best manga category at the Harvey Awards is not other than by Lesbian Experience with Loneliness by Kabi Nagata. Any listener of this podcast will know that we were a big fan of this manga, and I couldn't be happier to see that it won another award, and at the Harvey Awards, no less. Mm, yeah, that's definitely an honor. In addition, the event also awarded Harold Sakushi of Back in Seven Shakespeare's fame with the International Spotlight Award, and presented the first Harvey uh, International Spotlight Award to Mashima last year. So Sakushi is the second person to receive this International Spotlight Award. It's a great honor. And that about does it for industry news. And now we'll just wrap up with a few little fun bits of miscellaneous news. And let's start off with a wrap up on the My Hero 2 Heroes run in North America and see how well it did. And it Mm. did quite well because it grossed ultimately over $5.7 million during its limited release over here. Which puts it in number 10 of the all-time highest-grossing domestic anime films in the United States. Yeah, it looks like it beat out Hayao Miyazaki's The Wind Rises as far as uh, anime films here are concerned. Which is pretty crazy. It beat out a Ghibli film. Though, to be fair, My Hero was actually in more theaters than The Wind Rises was back in the day. But still, Mm -hmm. it's quite a feat. Yeah, it's a shame. I was kind of... Hoping to see it like beat out Resurrection F, but also it's Dragon Ball. That's some very stiff competition you have there. I think I said this on the last episode or one of the last episodes that I'm interested in seeing how well the Broly movie does. Like, I'm sure it'll get a place on this list for sure. Like, probably in the top 10. Like, I, I see that movie doing as well as Resurrection F, maybe if not better. But uh, that's neither here nor there. I'm expecting it to do better. Yeah, probably. There's hype behind it, for sure. Yeah, I'm really glad to see that My Hero did really well in theaters. I can't say I'm super surprised. I would have been even more surprised if it didn't land in the top 10, considering how popular of a franchise it is now. I think Broly should aim for beating out Spirited Away. I think that would be a big statement. Oh, yeah, that would. Spirited Away won the Oscar. Broly gross more than Spirited Away? That would. That totally means that Dragon Ball Super Broly is going to win an Oscar. (laughs) For sure. Well, no. Never in a million years. <laughs> uh, but man, I but don't anyway, think yeah. any anime movie could ever match up to Pokemon. Not in this day and age, I don't think. Not with like what these limited screenings. I feel like if Funimation could somehow have their movies be in theaters like all throughout the month, I feel like they could make even more money. Like, I feel like that could be feasible for them with some movies, but like you said, I don't think anything's going to beat out the Pokemon movies anytime soon. Like, I don't even think it'll beat out the Yu-Gi-Oh! movie here at number three. Like, that was also a pretty big deal back in the day. Yeah, I mean, that was 
kind of a flop. I mean, it grows that much, but kind of a flop for, like, I think what they wanted. I mean, you know, it's a shitty movie. <laughs> yeah. Ironically, though, it got me into Yu-Gi-Oh! So, I mean, I guess the movie worked on me. I don't know. <laughs> But that's neither here nor there. I'm glad to see that my hero did well. Like, I don't think we have much else to say other than that. So, finally, our last piece of news is some more Jump Force updates. And this is a pretty exciting update because it has confirmed that there will be at least two Saint Seiya characters joining the Jump Force playable roster. Because we got a new trailer showing off Pegasus Seiya and Dragon Shiryu. As well as a new Mexican stage inspired by Mayan culture, which is very fitting for Saint Seiya, considering how popular it is over in Mexico. I mean, like, we see a lot of people talk about how, like, the choices and characters that this game is making is basically catering to, like, the Western market. So so it's kind of funny to see Jump Force add in, uh, you know, stuff like Saint Seiya, considering that it is way more popular in Latin America than it will ever be here in the U.S. Yeah, I mean, it's catering to the international markets, so I think they paid attention to, like, how popular Saint Seiya is Overseas, pretty much everywhere besides the U.S. So so does that mean we're going to get Captain Tsubasa characters as well? I'd love if we did, but considering they ruled out the possibility of characters from such franchises being in the game, I would doubt it. That would be amazing. I mean, that'd be totally out of left field. That would totally, like, not fit the roster of characters, but that would still be amazing. I'm glad there's more than one Saint Seiya character in this game than there was in J-Stars, when we only had Seiya. We got Shiryu in this game, which is cool and expected. Shiryu is like the most popular character from huh, what I understand, I didn't know that. which makes sense because his battles are always the bloodiest, and he's also probably the handsomest of the boys. They're all very handsome boys, but he is. <laughs> he's got nice, beautiful black hair. But uh, I am excited that we got both of the characters in. But I would also hope that maybe we could get even more. I don't know if that's likely, but, like, I would love if Phoenix Icky was in the game. You know, they really should choose a villain from Saint Seiya. That would be great. And, you know, these games, mm. you always use more villains. So, like, Gemini Saga would be a great choice. They could go with Hades, too. But, like, I love Gemini Saga as a character so much. So, I would mm. be really cool. But I'm just glad to see Saint Seiya represented. Yeah, it's a miracle that they even put more than one Saint Seiya character in a jump game, honestly. <laughs> Well, I mean, I'm sure the DS games had more than one, right? I don't know about Superstars. I think Jump Ultimate Stars only had Seiya. I think the rest of the characters featured in the game were support. That's crazy. I think so, anyway. Like, I don't remember there being other playable Saint Seiya characters. I'd have to go back and check. But I'm I'm going to say I'm pretty, like, 85% sure on that. Well, it seems that Seiya was the only battle character. But they had six other characters in there as it seems. Yeah. Well, that is definitely a waste, so I'm glad that there's more than one fighting character. Yeah, that's nice to see. But that about does it for news this week, and it was not a terribly long episode. Yeah, again, another under-hour episode as far as news. I'm sure we'll spend ten minutes plugging our stuff, but anyway... Yeah, I think we got a lot done this episode. Um, and like I said at the top of the show, I do want to apologize for delaying the My Hero Academia stuff once again, but it is coming soon. It'll hopefully be out in the next week or so. Like I said, you know, last episode, I just didn't have the time to edit both the Jumpstart discussion and our My Hero stuff. So it'll come out 
it's just going to come out a little later than I was planning on, but it is going to be coming out. But I mean, you know, like Lum said at the top of the show, like, <laughs> you're probably not too worried about that because I'm sure once you see how long our super discussion was, I think you'll be fine on content for the next week or so. <laughs> yeah, it was an over four hour podcast in rough audio. And now it'll be just a little under three and a half hours after I'm done with all the finishing touches. Oh, wow. So, yeah, I think the listeners are pretty good on content until then. You won't be too dry. But that's coming soon, definitely, um, along with a lot of other stuff that we have planned. But we're not going to say anything about it here just yet, because, again, every time we do, things have been changing a lot as far as our plans go over the past like couple of months, unfortunately, which is kind of the reason why we've had a lot of news-focused episodes. But, you know, I know people appreciate the shorter episodes, so, you know, not too much of a loss, I don't think. But I think we could just end the episode there. Where can the good people find you, Lum? You can find me as Atlamayamasha on Twitter, Animation Revelation, Annie List, and you can read my reviews on all-comic.com. Alright, and as for me, I'm Colton. You can find me on Twitter at SniperKing3 I also host a few other podcasts such as Life Lessons, the Gintama manga cast over at gintalifelessons.wordpress.com. If you're a fan of Gintama and you want to hear me talk about the old Viz Media release of Gintama that has been canceled for almost 10 years now, wow, you could definitely go listen to that. The show's on a bit of a hiatus at the moment, but uh, we still have a big backlog for those who still want to listen. Again, that's at gintalifelessons.wordpress.com. Or if you're a fan of Detective Conan or Case Closed, uh, go listen to One Podcast Prevails at onepodcastprevails.com. Sort of the same kind of show, except we talk about Detective Conan through the Viz Media release of uh, Case Closed. And I record that with my friend Doctor over from the Ask Backwards Anime Podcast. So if you're a fan of Conan, definitely go listen to that. I really enjoy recording that whenever we get the chance to. Again, that's at onepodcastprevails.com. But as far as uh, all comic and the, our podcast goes in particular, you want to go to all-comic.com because that's where we post every episode of our podcast first. Uh, you can also follow all comic on facebook.com slash all.comic or on twitter.com slash allcomic underscore. But if you want to follow Manga Mavericks specifically, you want to follow us on Twitter at manga underscore Mavericks for all the latest updates on the podcast as well as manga Tumblr.com. You should also subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash manga mavericks, where we essentially post shorter excerpts of our show, whether it be solo news pieces, our reviews and discussions and whatnot. Still trying to plan out that live stream. That is coming down the pike. We just don't know when just yet, but that is still something we plan on doing. You know, if you, you want more exclusive content like that, definitely go to youtube.com slash manga mavericks and subscribe to us. But you can also email us anything about the podcast, whatever you're reading, what do you think about the news pieces we discussed this episode, what series do you want to hear us talk about on this show? Email us anything about any of those things at mavericks at gmail.com and we'll read them on the show. But the most important thing, guys, is that you subscribe, rate, and review us on Apple Podcasts or iTunes, whatever you call it. Uh, it really helps the visibility of our show on that platform, so please go do all three of those things if you so wish. But that is going to do it for this episode. This has been episode 62 of the podcast. We will see you guys next time for episode 63. Bye, guys. Sayonara. Sayonara.